Before we get to this week's episode of Business Over a Brew, let me tell you about my friends at Roberts Motors. You know, one of our favorite episodes here on the show was when we had a chance to sit down with Sam and John Roberts. If you haven't had a chance to watch that episode, go back and take a look at it. It's great to see uh, the interaction between not only two business partners, but of course, father and son as well. They really epitomize what a local business is all about. Number one, doing business the right way giving back to the community. If you have a chance, you may not buy a car from there, but at least give them the opportunity. Shop robertsmotors.com. You get more at Roberts Motors Ford. More selection, more value. Each vehicle they sell comes with the Roberts Rewards Value Package, which includes oil changes for two years, loaner cars, car washes, and much more. Get more at Roberts Motors Ford. Check them out at robertsmotors.com. Now enjoy this week's episode of Business Over a Brew. Welcome to Business Over a Brew. Pleased to be joined in this episode by a longtime friend of mine, Kelly Flaherty with Thompson Flaherty, CPAs and tax consultants. Kelly, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for asking me. I can't believe you accepted it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so we usually start with just to just tell us a little bit about your background. And okay. I, I know most of our guests probably grew up here in the Riverman area, but a little different story for you. Yes, sir. I grew up in South Dakota on a farm. Um, I, I think it's the best... I had the best childhood I could want, you know. Um, wide open spaces, our, our family owns 700 acres. So wow. I was able to, and if you know anything about South Dakota, you know it's a big hunting state. So I was able to hunt pheasant, deer, quail, grouse, turkey. It was just a great place to grow up. Big family, a lot of siblings? or No, just two. A brother and a sister, both younger. Okay. I was just curious because I know you, you're, we've had a couple people on the show that are a member of what I call an exclusive, exclusive club. That's the four kid club, if you have four, which I'm a member of and you are too. So, yeah. Uh, so I was just curious if you, if you grew up that way or, uh, no, just, but that's still pretty big. Three, just three, three, yeah. Now, I have four children, two boys and two girls. Right. It is. It's great. I always thought growing up, you know, coming from a, a family of three, three kids, it's always two against one. I said, when I grow up, we're going to have four kids or two kids. And we're going to have it so that you, know, you always have a Team partner. Up. And that way you go to the amusement park and you got somebody to ride with. You saw me in the grocery store one time, a long time ago. I don't know if you remember the story. But I mean, I basically have two carts with me uh, full of food. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, well, four, four mouths to feed at home yes. now, Kelly. Yep. So, so it's, it, the grocery bill got a little higher when, you went, when, when, we, when we went from two to four. Yeah. Anyway, so. yeah. um, well, tell us a little bit then. Grew up in South Dakota. Where'd you go to college? I went to Evangel University. Started there, and then I ended up getting my CPA or college um, accounting degree from SIUE in Edwardsville. Okay, so you had some roots here. Yes. But then out of, out of college, I know, didn't go right into the accounting field. No. Tell us about your, your career choice after you graduated. Okay. Yeah, I graduated or left Evangel with a management uh, degree, and then I went right into uh, 24-hour Nautilus at that time. Um, I, I did some training in Springfield, Missouri. And that's where they, they had a location there. I did training as assistant manager, and then they moved me to Omaha, Nebraska, and I worked up there, um, started opening a new uh, office up there for them. Has this always been something that was an interest of you growing up? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I've always tried to work out and exercise. Separate tax season, you don't really have much time to do it then, but, yeah. but no, I've always tried to keep it. I, yeah. I loved athletics, and when I was in school, played football, basketball, did some track. Okay. Yeah. What what positions you play in football? I played strong safety and I back. 
Awesome, cool. Yeah. They called it the monster back back then, but it's strong sick. <laughs> you look like a monster. Yeah, back. that's right. <laughs> Made you feel good. Right, yeah. Um, so tell us about that experience of, uh, I know as you talked about before, came on just long hours and, and really kind of an intense role in the, in the fitness area. Yeah, yeah. And when I was working at Troy Power Nautilus, um, we were working 12-hour days, and then and that was Monday through Saturday. And sometimes they'd even call you on Sunday for a, a business meeting, and it's just like, it burnt me out after so long. I was making great money, and then we were doing really, really well, but I just, it wasn't worth it. But you had, you had definitely moved up the ladder, had been successful there. What, what led you to the decision to not only change jobs, but totally change career fields? Yeah. Well, after that, I, I left and came down to this area because I was dating my now wife at the time. And then at that time, I met some people that they had a son that owned a, it was called Flying Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a UPS, kind of like a, a moving company. And he had a location in Houston. He's going to open one up in Dallas. So I was going to go down there and, and manage that one for him. So I went down there a couple months. It never panned out. It just seemed like it never worked out. So after that, I left there, uh, kind of discouraged and basically out of money. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I went um I just called, talked to my folks, and I said, hey, why don't you come home? Just clear your mind and, and see where you go from there. So I went home. It was in the fall time. It was in harvest time. And if you know anything about farming and harvest, you probably see those tractors and combines going late at night. Right. And you do that because it's too wet during the morning, so you have to go into the evening when the crops dry so you can harvest it. So anyway, I was working like from noon to 10 o'clock at night every day. And so anyway, I had my devotions in the morning. Um, read the Bible, pray, and what? And I was really, you know, just searching. What? What am I going to do with my life? You know, what am I going to stay on the farm, or what am I going to do? So anyway, one morning I was reading, reading the Bible, and I got a real peace. Just said, "Don't worry about it. It's all good. It's all good." And that very evening, I got a call from a CPA that I had long um, just really, you know, had a very good admiration for. Um, he was down in North Pine, Nebraska. He called me. He said, "Hey." I heard you had some accounting classes when you were in school. Would you want to maybe come work for me at tax season? I met him at 10 o'clock at night at his um, at his home. I uh, visited with him. He said, yeah, come on down. Just try for a tax season, and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. And so I went down there, started. And Nick, honestly, the first day, the first day I, I started working on a uh, client, doing some bookkeeping as a farmer, and I just knew this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I mean, I don't even think I took a break. I mean, you know, to go to the restroom. It was just so, I was so enthralled with the numbers. And just, I just loved it. I thought, that's what I want to do. Was it just the way they fit together? What, what was it, anything specific about it that you think? I don't know. I, I guess I always liked just math. I always liked right. math and numbers, but I never even thought of that when I was in college. But um, just doing this, it just all of a sudden it clicked. And just something I really thought, I enjoyed it. I really, I could see myself doing it. So from Nebraska to work? Oh, from Nebraska, yeah. So I worked there for about three years. And then I had to make a decision. I, I wanted to get my CPA. And so to do that, I had to get some more accounting classes. So married at the time, had a baby. Mm-hmm. And I could have, the closest college at North Platte for four years was like an hour and a half away. So I'd be driving back and forth. So we decided to come down to um, back here all and where her folks were and where her family were. And that's when I went to SIU and finished up there. What do you remember about a, a pretty extensive exam for the, the CPA is, from what I understand, I'm not smart enough to take it or pass it. <laughs> but what do you remember about taking it and, and then waiting to get the results? Yeah, yeah, it was it was hard. When I was taking it, now they do it online, but when I was taking it, it was like a two and a half day test. I mean, a full two days and another half day. Right. So 
Um, the first time I took it, I passed in. It was like five parts. I passed four parts. And so at that time, it was, it was good. If you, you passed four, you could keep them, and you'd go back for that, that last one. Right. And so then the next time I went and passed that one. Literally, I was just worn out and sick by the time I took that last one, and I think that's what kind of spoiled me. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, then where did you, so you're now, you're in the area, and you've got your CPA, so then, then what was the... Yeah. Well, I worked for I worked for the place I'm working at now. It used to be called Bruce Thompson. Okay. And I worked for them when I was in college part time. Um, but after I graduated, I wanted to try the bigger offices, so I went and worked at Ruben Brown, was RBG at that time, um, which now they have like over 200 CPAs. Um, and I worked for them, and then I thought, oh, I want to get back to the, the smaller firms because I, I really I miss in that larger firm that. The, contact with the clients. I really enjoy working with the people. And I felt like in a smaller firm when I was at, at uh, um, with Mr. Rogo at, at North Platte, I, I got to meet with the clients, work with them, and I really missed that, so I kind of came back to that. And then I got got the job over here. Well, I, uh, anyway, Mr. DeRoos retired, and, and Mr. Thompson and I got along real well, and he liked, liked my work, and so he said, hey, I got a management job if you want it. And I said, yeah, who wouldn't? Right. So that's why I started with him. Because I think when you and I met, it was Thompson and Company. Yes, yep, yep. Then Mr. Bruce was gone, and it was just Thompson and Company, yes. And we had uh, three offices at the time. So I'm, I'm curious, he, he selected you, you hadn't really been there all that long, I guess. Yeah, I worked for him about a year. Right. Part-time, yeah. And, and in my my job, I sometimes wonder. I'm not sure what the owner really saw in me, but he took a liking to me yeah. for some reason. That I maybe I should ask him something. <laughs> Any idea what he saw? Was he somebody that got along with everybody in the office, or uh, I don't know what it was. Yeah, I, I think he liked uh, Mr. Bruce was in. Well, Mr. Bruce doesn't watch it. <laughs> he was he was kind of a hard guy to work for. Right. He was kind of he was very you know just kind of like over your shoulder all the time. Mm-hmm. Felt like he didn't trust you. I wasn't used to that. Right. Um, but Mr. Thompson saw that I could work with him, and he felt like I think if I could work with Mr. Drews, <laughs> you could work with me. And yeah. like I said, he liked the way I worked with clients, and, and I always got along well with him, and we we bounced things off each other and stuff. So talk about getting into the, the ownership and, and buying into the to the firm, which was I think was about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Thompson was fantastic. I hope he is watching that. <laughs> Um, he was a fantastic guy to work with, and just um, still, I just uh, he gave me every opportunity. I mean, from day one, he let me walk in and just basically manage it. And if I and had any questions, work with him. And I always wanted to own my own firm. I mean, that was the reason I went back and got my CPA right. so I could be my own owner. And um, but he was real patient with me. I, you know, I said, hey, I'd like to start buying. Um, but you know it's kind of hard right now. I've got four kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the expenses are out, right. kind of going out faster than the incomes coming in. And not that we weren't making it, but you know what I'm saying. It's just kind of hard to bite. Not a that. huge pile of cash in exactly, over here. Right? Exactly, <laughs> and you know I just didn't want to go out and get a loan for it. Right. So he waited till I was able to um, start making that payment, mm-hmm. and then we just sat down and made an agreement and figured out what the that office was worth and then I just we made a payment schedule and it's just that easy like I said he was so easy to work with and he's been so good to me yeah, I, I appreciate that so it's still Thompson Flaherty what's what's his involvement at this point really Very well involved. <laughs> we do have some uh, he still owns a uh, firm down in Maryville Illinois mm-hmm. with another a gentleman and that, that gentleman's kind of buying out that office right, right here and um, we still have some mutual clients we work with. Like, I'll do the payroll, he'll do the tax return, vice versa. But, so we still communicate. 
if I, I do not do audits at our office, so I'll send him his way if I have an audit that he may be interested in and things like that. So we still, good, you know, good communication, get along well. And I just kept it for name recognition. So people would know it's still, you know, right. it's just not me, but it's still or still associated. I know dating back as long as we've known each other, you always preached the, the benefits of owning your own business, mm-hmm. whether it was a side business or, or what, just from a tax standpoint. Yeah. I know you, I can always remember you talking about you should open a business of some yeah. sort just yeah. for, the, for the talk a little bit about that. First of all. OK, well, even more since the new tax law a couple of years ago where they disallowed some employee business expenses, you know, like if you're an employee and you use your car for business for the who you're working for, you, you should be able to deduct those miles. Now you can't deduct them anymore. So if you own your own business, right. you can deduct mileage, you can deduct you know, cell phones, you can deduct office and home if you have an office and home. You can deduct all the deductions related to that business. And sometimes, you know, if you buy a lot of equipment or buy a lot of depreciable uh, assets, you can deduct those and even show a loss that can offset maybe your other income. Um, and so, yeah, there's some advantages that basically you can deduct more expenses than you could if you didn't own a business. I, I always remember you saying, I don't know why, several things you've said have stuck with me for <laughs> well, some reason. But you must be very uh, very wise. Um, <laughs> no, but, yeah. but you said, the, even if you don't make money at it, there's there's benefits to it. But it's more fun if you make money at it, so, <laughs> uh, which is true. Yeah. Uh, talk about, you. so you've worked with so many small business owners. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks out there maybe right now watching that are thinking, you know, I'm, I'm working here and I'd like to buy it. What are some creative ways that you see uh, for, for people to buy into existing businesses? Yeah. Well, when you're looking at buying or selling business, Nick, you kind of look at, you. first of all, you got to look at the value. Right. And and that's that's the hardest point. You know, that's the hardest part of the, the sale to me because you've got to, because you got to find a, a price where somebody's willing to pay it somebody's willing to accept it you know that's that's the that's the true market value of that business so so you got to get a good evaluation and luckily there's for different industries there's you know they have ways that you can figure that out like for an accounting firm it's usually one times your gross or 1.1 times your gross pretty easy you know, sure. look at last year but other ones are they're not so so easy so anyway you got to find that evaluation and then you want to work with someone that has been through, like we're going through one right now, um, and you work with someone that knows how to do mergers and acquisitions, where I've done, I've helped a couple businesses buy or sell, or I'll tell them, hey, don't look at that business, it's not worth it, but they're asking. Um, so you work with someone that's, that's qualified in that, yeah, obviously you get an attorney involved, there's going to be some, some contracts that are written up, and then you sit down with the people and you make sure that there's, they're on the same page, so it's a win-win, right. it is a win-win. Most of the ones I've done, Nick, are family-related, and so when you get into that, then it's it's a little bit easier because, you know, they're trying to work with each other. Um, and secondly, then you can also maybe do some gifting, some discounting of the, of the shares because you have minority ownership and things like that. So, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty... Uh, that's the word. It's a um, sorry, I can't think of it. But it's, it's a it's a difficult process, especially I think when you're talking about family businesses, because then emotions involved in oh, it too. Yeah. And if one, if let's say mom and dad own it, they think it's worth a certain value. And yeah. um, it's a retirement, right? Sure, right. Yeah. So and. and but on the other, so I, those those can be tricky. Or if somebody that works in the business, there's just that emotional part of it, of the attachment, or 
even just the excitement of buying any business, yeah. whether you're emotionally attached to it or not. Um, but you do have to look at the numbers to make sure it makes you sense. Do. And plus, you've got other family members. You know, this, right. these parents may have other children that they're wanting to. They've got to give some assets to if they if they deceive. You know, so you got to be fair. Right. You got to be fair with everybody. You don't want any hard feelings. Sure. With family. Right. You know? So talk about, you know, there's a lot of business owners right now that are thinking about, okay, I've been doing this a long time. When do I start thinking about getting out? And what are some what are some strategies that, let's say they're five years out from maybe wanting to get out, what are some strategies they could put in place now or, or start looking at to, yeah. to get out of the business? Yeah. yeah, you're right, Nick. You said five years. That's probably the minimum you want to start thinking about selling before you actually get out. Um, so you want to at least have a five-year plan. And, and then you look and see who's going to buy. Is there someone within the, the business that can take it over that you feel like would maybe be interested in buying or is it a family member? So then you kind of start determining who are you going to sell it to? Are you going to sell it to an inside party or are you going to sell it to an outside party? And then if you're, I would recommend and done this, I start, if you're going to sell to an inside party, you look at the outside party too. Even though you think you're going to go inside, you know, eventually, start with the outside because then you can know what actual pricing is. That way you're, you're getting the full value. You know, sure. not, and then you can come back to the inside party and basically say, hey, this is what I can get out of here. I may give you a little bit of slack because you've worked with me for 20 years and, you know, mm-hmm. Proven that you want to, you know, run this business. But I'm just saying, it right. gives that that owner some confidence that they are basically getting what the, uh, the market's worth. Right, right. Well, we we sit here. It's about to, it's tax time. We're we're there. Time to start filing. I guess. What are some things that the businesses and individuals should be on the lookout because the tax code is uh, ever changing. I suppose it is. That's what keeps us in business. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And say the same. I guess yeah. it'd be a lot easier. But yeah. what are some things people should be aware of this year? Yeah. Some things that I've seen already, Nick, um, is that the, the COVID relief packages that are available is a lot of people didn't get the, the stimulus packages when, the, and I'm talking about individuals, mm-hmm. the stimulus payments right. because of income thresholds. Um, but maybe that was in 18 and 19, maybe 2020 is a different year. Obviously it was for a lot of people. people, So they may be able to qualify for that now, or they have dependent children that now are not dependent, that didn't get it because they were not, uh, the kids didn't get it because they were dependent. So now they can file on their own and get that that stimulus payment now. So this is kind of reconciling year Mm -hmm. for the stimulus payment. So that's one thing I'm really looking at. Um, Second thing is a big thing I'm seeing is with individuals, is the retirement plans. They were able, um, COVID allowed people to take out up to $100,000 out of their retirement plans for if you have a good purpose or good reason, and you can bring that money into your income. And even if you're over 59 and a half, or excuse me, under 59 and a half, it's not penalized, and you can spread that over three years to pay that tax on that money that you receive. So let's say you got $25,000, you can tax $8,300 the first year, the second year, and third year. Right. So they allow you to defer that tax over three years. Um, so that's that's been a good thing for a lot of people. But uh, a big thing I've kind of been watching, and this I, I think I mentioned this to you before, it goes against my grain. I've always been, let's take as much deduction as we can, let's right. save as much tax as we can, because we use that money for your business or for whatever other expenditures you want to use. But... But, um, and I think you've heard this saying too, defer, 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 and right. die. <laughs> you have said that before, Step yes. up in basis. But I've been kind of looking back, and it goes against my grain, but I've been telling people, 
We don't know what this next administration is going to do. He's talked about getting rid of the old tax law, possibly raising taxes. Um, with all the trillions of dollars we're in debt, I could see that happening. Sure. Um, but anyway, so I'm telling people, take advantage of these lower rates now. Mm -hmm. Maybe pay a little more tax. Kind of like that example I used with you, Nick, about taking that um, pension money out early. Um, I had a client that had $25,000 they took out, and I worked, I worked it both ways. I worked it at them paying it back over three years, or just paying it all in one year, paying the tax out in one year. And it worked out better for them in one year because they were still in that lower tax bracket, which right. is 12%, 10 to 12%. And they paid, so they're going to pay less tax on it now, and they, they're still way ahead of the game. I know for businesses, a lot of businesses here uh, took advantage of the first round of the payroll protection plan. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one, not quite as uh, available for, for most businesses. I think you correct me, you're the accountant, but um, you had to show a loss of 25% in a given quarter. Yes, and the gross revenue had to be at 25% right. less in the quarter in 2019. So hopefully not a lot of people experience that, but if they did, that's still available. You can still apply. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, where it's really good, and the previous one, the PPP one, was basically um, you got two and a half times your average payroll, and payroll included the actual payroll itself, health insurance, right. and you know the various uh, pension rate, uh, payments, things like that. Well, this one now, if you're in the restaurant industry or an industry like entertainment like that, you get three and a half times. So they're really helping out those that have been hurt the most. But you're right, the the big the big um, hurdle is to get to make sure you're twenty five percent less in one quarter than the previous quarter. Had uh, we known that, right? <laughs> I could have done that. No, we know that. I mean, I like to think we're in the entertainment business, but uh, yeah. unfortunately, we just did lose twenty five percent. That's a good thing. I guess so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're about out of time, but I know uh, you, you talked about the gentleman that got you into the business. I know he yeah. was an, a really important mentor yeah. to you yes. and passed away recently. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just talk about you. You mentioned some things at a meeting we were at not long ago about just some some sage advice that he passed on to you. Yeah, he did, and it's. it's so funny I still use it I, I catch myself using it uh, a lot and I, I think of him always you know I do um, one of the things he always said to me is there's always a smell test and I always thought that was funny but I know exactly the same if something doesn't look right on paper or when you're figuring something or calculating something step back mm -hmm. step back and look at it again because if it doesn't smell right it usually isn't right and boy, I've caught myself time time. I've done. I'll add something. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, I've done something wrong, or that I took a number wrong. So that was really a, a big one for me. And and then a, a funny one. This is before Dave Ramsey. And Dave Ramsey on the show, and I love right, him. Right. Yeah. And in fact, I've taught some of his classes. I, I I'm a real admirer of his his work. But anyway, we were sitting in a break room. We all took breaks together at that time. And I was, I think I was been within a few months. I couldn't remember I was. I was bragging. I mean, I was bragging. I said, hey, Cal, my, I've got my credit card down to $300. I only owe $300 on it. And he looks at me and he goes, you have a credit card balance? Right, yeah. And I went, well, guess what? Yeah, right. yeah, like probably about 10,000 people. They have, everybody has their uh, credit card balance. He said, well, if you can't afford it, you don't buy it. <laughs> and that, that hit me That's right between the eyes. Right, yeah. It hit me right between the eyes. And, and so I paid that balance off. I, I pay it off every month. My mom, some reason, taught me that at a young age. She said, Here's, I'm getting you a credit card. Don't ever have a balance. I'll always pay it off. Yep. 
pretty much live by that most yeah. every month. There's been a couple. Yeah. But, uh, I've told um, my kids the same thing, Nick. Yeah, and yeah, that's why we live by. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, appreciate your friendship and all the sage advice you've given me. <laughs> over the years and uh, that, that's been appreciated and thanks so much for coming on the show if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and talk about tax filing and uh, possibly doing that this year how can they do that well they can call me at 618-656-6010 or they can email me at kelly at thompsonflaherty.com and thank you Nick uh, I enjoy your friendship and I've learned a lot from you very <laughs> wise and and so I, I enjoy our friendship thank you very much thank you record that Joe make sure you get that <laughs> 